It's your neighborhood preacher here, uh, Monday, uh, August 2nd, and uh, what a privilege it is. Uh, Listen, I remember a time, uh, you know, it's easy sometimes, you know, you're in a season where um, God is strengthening you, God is um, just so strong in your life, and you can get in front of people and just just be on the mountaintop, Um, but I'm very aware that Tonight, on August 2nd of 2021, there can be somebody um, really struggling. Um, you know, their, their world could be coming apart. Their family, their marriage, their home. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the reality that... The reality that um, somebody's uh, world could be just caving in and and I think the the truth is is that in all things James says we have to count it all joy and that's not always easy but tonight I believe I'm going to share something with you that has empowered my life has changed my life uh, for the better and there's a lot of argument behind it but None of it really stands. Uh, the only thing that I can prove to you is the evidence of walking in it. And I really believe that uh, that's how uh, we prove everything, is the fruit in which it bears. So I've been talking to you about uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit, speaking uh, uh in the gift of tongues, and there's a lot of talk, a lot of confusion, a lot of division, a lot of argument behind it. But I'd like to speak to you tonight about what has empowered me through um, addiction, through um, storms, through not knowing uh, how to pray or what to pray. And I really believe that the proof has been in the fruit that uh, that has taken place in my life through the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a lot of study and there's a lot of sound doctrine, and I'm not trying to change anybody's uh, doctrine, especially when it comes to the Word of God. Uh, but I will tell you that as we've looked in to the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've identified that it's the promises of God, uh, that it's a promise of God, and we've identified that the Holy Spirit is our comforter, that he's, he's been given to us to help us. What we see in the early church, um, in the book of Acts, uh, I believe chapter 1 verse 8 says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And and I, I just want to say I appreciate all of you for joining me. Um, and if you would just open up your spirit, not to believe me, but to let the Holy Spirit guide you um, and bear witness to the truth and also do your own research. But I'm just going to provide to you tonight with what's changed my life and what has helped me walk with God according to the scriptures. Listen, In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we realize that 
The Bible teaches us that the day of Pentecost, Jesus Christ told them, wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people will tell you that the gift of the Holy Spirit in speaking in tongues has ceased, that it no longer exists, that it was for that time, and that pretty much it it was gibberish most of the time. Uh, And this was because of paganism. This was because um, that at a time was 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 a language or a, a, a way of worship and a way of conducting themselves to to other gods. If you do your history and you, and you and you research it, but what we see here is that a lot of people uh, will argue the fact that um, there must be an interpreter in speaking in tongues. There must be an interpreter in in this heavenly language. And at a time, if you notice when the Holy Spirit came like a rushing mighty wind in Acts chapter 2 and filled the place where they were at, there's about 120 of them. So they were not all apostles. I want to I want to say that again. They were not all apostles. There were more people there with the apostles. And Jesus Christ was just persecuted. He just went to the cross for our sins. They received the promise, and now there's outsiders that can hear this taking place. When the gift of the Holy Spirit comes upon the 120 in the upper room, it was as if one sat upon them with tongues of fire not gibberish. The Bible tells us that there were outsiders that could understand that these men could not speak this language that was different from their origin, but they were hearing great mysteries and works of God. Then there were others that could not understand and said that they suppose that these people were drunk. I'm saying that because today, you know, there's a challenge and there's a pushback on speaking in tongues. Now, listen, the Bible tells us that there is one God, one spirit, one body, and we are many members that have many different gifts by the Holy Spirit. Now, one of these gifts is the speaking in tongues and people will challenge that it has ceased, but I'm challenging you guys tonight uh, from my own experience and and, and my own life because I do speak in tongues. I want to challenge you tonight. Where in the scripture does it say that it ceased? You won't find it. So because it had died out, here's a question to you. After the early church, after Acts and the book of Romans and the book of, you know, and and Corinthians and and the churches and the foundations that that Paul had helped uh, lay, he laid the foundation of Jesus Christ and churches began to take place. Could we just say, I'm not trying to change your, your theology here, but could we just say that a whole lot of people in faith in Christ also died too? I mean, take a look around. 
Do you hear the voice of the church? Do you hear the voice of the Spirit of God? Do you see 3,000 people being added to the church daily like it was in the book of Acts? Just because it ceased, maybe man's hearts were hardened, stiff-necked like the Bible talks about, does not mean that it does not exist or is available for us right now. More than anything that we need in this generation is the power of God on our life. But when we refer to walking in the Spirit, speaking in the Spirit, really what it means is walking in the will of God. And I want to teach you that tonight. It means walking according to the Scriptures, to the Word of God. What we see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 Paul writes to the Corinth church because there's a whole lot of misinterpretation, misunderstanding, and abuse of the gift of tongues. And it's mixed in with paganism because a lot of people were speaking this gibberish and not gaining any understanding out of it. So some would say that there's no authentic gift of tongues today because there's no understanding. That's like saying that there's that the word of God is doesn't exist any longer because there's no understanding. I could tell you a whole lot of people who sit in church and do not understand the word of God. It's the truth. We must abide in the truth. The truth is that there's a whole lot of the word of God and there's a whole lot of godly principles that people do not understand today. So just because you don't understand something does not mean that it's not available, alive, and existing today. The gift of tongues may not be for everybody, but I'm telling you, it is a gift of the Spirit. Paul says that it is a mystery that we speak in a heavenly language on to God. It's only something he can understand. But I'm going to I'm going to wrap this up in scripture. And there's a lot of controversy, but there's nothing solid to prove what I'm going to teach you is incorrect. Now, I want you to understand there's people who've done a lot of commentaries. People will do a lot of commentaries on the word of God. But it is just that. It is a commentary. It is commentary. It is comments about the Word of God and its interpretation. But if you look up the Hebrew and you look up the Greek and you look up the translation of what certain things mean, the Spirit bears witness ultimately in the truth. What I'm trying to teach you today is that we went from Acts chapter 2, and if you look eight years later, you look in Acts chapter 8, we have Philip on the scene and he begins to minister the Word of God. Philip begins to minister, and then all of a sudden he calls, and they're, they're, they're suffering great persecution in the book of Acts, okay? Philip is on the scene, and he calls Peter and Paul. They lay hands on the new converts, and they get filled with the Holy Spirit. Some would say, well, when I'm born again, when I receive Christ, 
I'm already filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, then what are Paul and what is Peter doing laying hands on people, writing it in the scriptures saying that now they are filled with the Holy Spirit? Because nowhere in the new church and the new Testament will, even though it doesn't have many accounts that Paul spoke in tongues, it never says that Paul ceased to speak in tongues. Matter of fact, Paul says, I speak in tongues more than you all. And that's because the apostle Paul had much opportunity to speak in the gift of tongues with the interpretation for the edification of the church. But I want to take you somewhere tonight. In Romans chapter 8, verses 26, it says, For we do not know what we should always pray for as we ought, but the Spirit makes groanings that cannot be uttered. The Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, makes groanings unto God, the perfect will to God that cannot be uttered, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. And we know what this describes is the Christian or the believer's prayer life. The truth is, is that we do not always know what we should pray for. Now, God tells us and he leads us and he shows us what we should pray for. But most of the time, and a lot of times I find myself not knowing what to pray for, leaning on the Holy Spirit. And why am I teaching you this? I'm teaching you this because when I came to the Lord Jesus Christ in, in the middle of 2002, and I walked with God uh, for about 13 years after that, then I backslid for the next four and ha have come back fully and completely to the Lord Jesus Christ. I guess what I'm trying to tell you is I was dysfunctional, I was broken, I was depressed, I was suicidal, I was addicted. I had a lot of issues that that I couldn't find the right help. So when I became a Christian, I became a believer, and God anointed my life, put his hand on my life, and raised me basically from the dead of my flesh and gave me a new life in Christ Jesus. Because if you believe in God, right? And, and you want a new life, I don't know where you're going to get it from if it's not in Christ. All I'm telling you is I came into the newness of life in Jesus Christ. And my spiritual father, who is still my spiritual father today, uh, he showed us the work of an apostle. And some people will say, well... Um, the apostles were only the ones that saw Christ and Paul was a little bit different because he was taught by the Lord Jesus Christ for three years and he entered into that apostleship. The bottom line is he did the work of an apostle. He laid hands on me at that altar. And I remember this years and years and years ago. And I felt my tongue cleave to the top of my mouth. I didn't make it up. I didn't know what was going on. But all I know is I could feel it. And all I know is something took place that was louder than my mind, was louder than my natural way of thinking and speaking. And what took place was the gift of tongues. Now, I don't know why God desired to bless me with it. Maybe you have it. Maybe you don't. 
But the bottom line is I deeply desired this heavenly language. I still today desire to interpret it. Well, that has ceased. Well, a lot of things in the Bible have ceased if you take a look around. Take a look around. Prove, prove that I'm wrong. A lot of things in the Bible have ceased. Some people will see this right now. They'll, they'll get on and they'll get right off because it's not something they want to be a part of. The thing is, is that what we find nowadays is a lot of believers and a lot of Christians will not take the time to research the scriptures enough. They'll say, uh, that's error. No, I wasn't taught that. No, I read somewhere that this, this, this doesn't seem right. But they don't know for sure as a foundation that it's right or wrong. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says that the spirit, which have you ever been in so much pain that you groan? Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever experienced something in life where you just don't know what to say? I want you to know that the Spirit of God knows what to say. Have you ever been so hurt? Have you ever been so broken? Have you ever been so used and abused and misled and not knowing where, where to go and not knowing where to turn to? And you don't know what to say, but the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God searches the deep things and knows the deep things of God. And it tells us right here that we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. I want you to know that there are times in a believer's life where you don't know what to pray with your understanding. I don't care how much of the Word of God you know. Sometimes you're standing in the presence of God. Sometimes you're standing in the presence of a storm. Sometimes all hell is breaking loose against you, and the only thing you can do is groan. You groan in the Spirit, and the Spirit, therefore, makes intercession for you and I, praying the perfect will of God. Well, brother, I just don't... Uh, I don't believe that. I don't. Well, how's your prayer life? Well, brother, I, I, I just, I just don't, I just don't get it. I don't. I, I really think that there's too much that goes against it. Well, how strong have you been in the Word of God? How strong are you in preaching the Word of God? How, how much have you testified of the Word of God? Because you believe in the Word of God, you believe that it is true, but yet most times believers do not even know the Scriptures. They don't know the Word of God. They know how to have church. I'm preaching good, don't shut me down. The bottom line is, the Holy Spirit has been given to us as a helper. Jude chapter 1 verse 20 says, but you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. What it means is praying according to the will of God, according to the Scripture, according to truth. But at the same time, we see that the Holy Spirit makes groanings that cannot be uttered. And all I know is there's been times in my life that I don't know what to pray for. So I make groanings that cannot be uttered because my heart's breaking for what breaks God. For I know that I've maybe sinned and I know that I've fallen or I know that I've come short or I know that I don't have the answer or I know that I don't have the wisdom or I know that I can't make sense or I have no direction or I have no power. I have no 
power to stay and remain in the word of God, to stay in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, who deserves my all. So I groan in the spirit. I get dirty with it. And I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean where I'm sweating. I'm crying. I put pressure on. I press in to the presence of God when I don't know what I should pray for. I want you to know as I leave you tonight, and I appreciate you being with me for 20 minutes. For some, it seems like an eternity. For me, it doesn't seem like it's enough. I want you to know that speaking in the Holy Spirit, as someone laid hands on me, and I believed in this transmitting of the gift of the Spirit, my voice had to get louder, and I had to roll with what my tongue was doing because I could feel my lips getting numb, and I could feel a chattering inside my tongue. But so many people are afraid to step in to many of the gifts of God, and we know that fear is not of God. A lot of times, a believer is so deceived that even in their walk with God, God is calling them to do something greater. And it doesn't have to be to receive the gift of tongues. I'm just using this to journey somewhere else here. So many people are afraid to go deeper in the things of God and they can make full understanding that that's what God wants, but yet fear has gripped them. Fear grips many people when it comes to the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. You'll hear it and you'll see commentaries all over that it has ceased, that apostleship has ceased, that there's no real apostles. Well, listen, if I see somebody doing the work of an apostle, I don't have to call them an apostle. I see the work that they are doing. Why does the work of God have to cease? Why do the gift of the Holy Spirit have to cease? If you realize all of what I've said, anytime correction came, it only came to the church of Corinth. You never see Paul write about this again, but you see them continuing to lay hands on people and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're almost done here. What I want you to know is that there are a whole lot of things that have ceased. And that's because we don't truly believe. But I'm going to say this. This world is crying out. This world needs demonstrations of the power of God. This world needs us. Jesus called us the light of the world and the salt of the earth. He needs us to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that greater works will you do in my name. And I want you to know something. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to raise somebody from the dead like Jesus. And I don't believe Jesus was saying that. I believe Jesus was saying, you're going to take my word and you're going to spread it upon the earth, my gospel, more than I was able to do. My brothers and sisters, I love you. 
I'm glad to be alive. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be God's. Keep me accountable. But here's my word. I want to give up my whole life for Jesus. I want to give up my life to love you. I want to give my life to stir up your faith. I want to give up my life that God might be glorified. I know it's not that easy. I know it's easier said than done. But I'm going to tell you right now, I've given up my life. We all are in a different place. But guess what? We're all, if we believe with him and him with us, and that's all we need. I want to encourage you tonight. I wanted to edify you tonight. I wanted to give you some experience tonight that the spirit of God groans for us. He speaks the perfect will of God. And if he does that, and there's no need to groan in the spirit, well then, quite frankly, we don't have to pray ever again because the spirit makes intercession for us. Why even pray? Paul says, I will pray in the spirit and I will pray with my understanding. People like to, to confuse this and they like to break it down in commentaries and argue the fact where, where he didn't mean to pray in the gift of tongues. Yes, he did. That's exactly what he meant. Because if praying in the Spirit meant according to the Word of God, then he wouldn't have said that I pray in my understanding also. All I'm saying is this is nothing really for us to fight over. It's been evidence in my life that it has changed me, it has empowered me, and it has given me the help that I need in times where I do not know what I should pray for as I ought, that I begin to build myself up in the Holy Spirit. If they were talking just about a natural language and a natural reading and a natural understanding, then you would see him clearly say, build yourself up on the word of God. But the truth is, is that the spirit of God has been given, us, given to us so even the spirit might help us pray. I'm going to be moving along on my topic uh, Saturday it's going to get uh, hopefully hopefully interesting empowering edifying and um, and what what I desire to do in in valor ministries is bring courage to the believer to ignite the faith in the unbeliever to impact the life that is before me impact like an acronym to ignite faith to make disciples, to preach the gospel, to let God anoint me and use the anointing to bring courage and to teach men and women, young and old, children, how to be strong and mighty in the Lord through praise, worship, prayer, and the word of God. That's my agenda. And I think it lines up with God's. I love you. I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in because you could have been doing anything else. Like maybe watching a game that's 
yeah. <laughs> so listen, God bless you. We're here for you. August 15th, we're opening up our home. And I'm going to step out and open up my home every Sunday after that. We've already been doing it. It's getting good. God is good. If nobody shows up, we'll take you to the streets. So listen, stay empowered. You're the light of the world. Don't hide it under a table. Let all men know. Stay encouraged. God has chosen you. You are blessed and highly favored. And right now, I pray for blessings. The blessings of God, the strength of God, the favor of the Lord over your life in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to guard your heart and mind. I pray that the promises of God are yes and yes and amen. Promise to protect you. Promise to provide for you. Promise to strengthen you. Hmm. Those are the promises of God. Promises to give you peace in his spirit. Promises to keep you. Promises to fulfill you like rivers of water. There's so many promises. And the Bible says in Psalms 8411, I'm going to leave you with this one. You're going to love it. He's our sun and shield. He gives us his glory and grace. And he withholds no good thing for those who walk uprightly. Woo! He withholds no good thing for those who walk uprightly. Sister Michelle, we love you. God bless you. Um, who else is joined tonight? I just want to say hi to you. CG Nizzle in the house. God bless you. I know your bets joined. Look at you guys. Oh, man, the four-eyed pony boy. Look at this guy. I really appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot for supporting uh, the time that I'm trying to give you. Um, We'll see you next time, all right? It's been about 30 minutes and 37 seconds, and I could do a whole, man, I could keep going. But listen, God bless you. August 15th, I'm here in Carson, California, and uh, we're opening up our home that Sunday at 10 a.m. I think it's going to be great. Uh, I know the guy's speaking, so he's all right. Um, but hey, what are you doing on a Sunday morning at 10 Anyways, take care of yourself. Listen, I love you. If you need me, just give me a call. Message me. I'll point you in the right direction. Amen. Talk to you later. Listen, your neighborhood preacher always tells you, stay up, stay prayed up, because the devil is a liar. Until then, be blessed.